Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Wednesday, January 17th, 2023, I wish you a sincerely and very, very, very happy Museum Selfie Day. Today's show is, as always, a part of the Big Banter Sports Network. And here we are again. It's been over a year since Ohio State basketball has won a Big Ten game on the road. The fan base is, of course, reeling, but it is my job, as always, to present the most unbiased while productive and real conversation I can around Ohio State basketball. I receive good feedback more than you would know or guess, and for that I'm always thankful, and today is going to be an interesting show. Of course, we're going to recap Ohio State's loss against Michigan that came on Monday with thoughts and with takeaways, but then I'm going to kind of allow you, the fan, to take the wheel. So after the loss on Monday evening, I tweeted out, just tell me, what are your thoughts on Ohio State basketball? Are you pro-fire Chris Holtman? Are you anti? Are you abstaining? Very few are abstaining at this point in time. Give me your thoughts there. Give me your thoughts on if Ohio State makes a tournament. How do you feel about this team and the program? Moving forward, the Buckeyes have just hired a new athletics director. There's a lot going on in Columbus right now. So I just allowed you to to essentially give me your thoughts. I'll hang up and listen. Tell me what you think, and we'll go from there. So that's what we're going to do for the latter half of this show. And yes, I'm going to give my thoughts, my honest, sincere thoughts on Chris Holtman. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. It would mean a great deal to me, and I would appreciate it. And that should be all that you need, because in January, it's cold. We're dealing with very, very cold temperatures right now in the Ohio region of the the Midwest, which is to say the state of Ohio. And while it is cold outside, you can make myself warm, and you yourself can be warm as well by subscribing to the pod and helping out this pod as well. Make sure you're following on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube as we continue to push out more Ohio State content. We are, as far as I'm aware, the only Ohio State basketball exclusive content that publishes shows year-round. We don't take days off in June or July. We simply enjoy the off-season in which we can talk more about Ohio State. So, with all that in mind, I will give some thoughts on Chris Holtman. How hot is his seat at this point, in my opinion, along with thoughts from people inside the program, and that's as specific I would like to be. But before we get there, let's talk about the Buckeyes' loss to Michigan on Monday. So, Ohio State... Drops another game. They are now 12-5 and and are struggling in Big Ten play. They get the opportunity to take on, how do I describe Michigan in a way that it is not derogatory? Um, 
the worst team in the Big Ten by far. I, I don't think it's a question at this point. Coming into this season, I said it was going to be a dead heat between Miami, Miami, between Minnesota. Good Lord. And we're not even five minutes into this. A, a dead heat between Minnesota and Penn State as the worst two teams in the Big Ten. So far, it has been Michigan. They had lost five in a row, including one game to a non-power conference team. Of course, it is a Monday game. It's at noon. That's just weird. You're playing in Ann Arbor. That's never fun for a rivalry like this. But you would assume that because of the rivalry, because of the occasion of the game, and because of the fact that it's not dead. It's not an 8:30 game at Nebraska two years ago. This is a real-life college basketball game where the environment is there. And when you have an environment in which teams and, and fans just hate you, that's better than nothing on a sleepy Monday afternoon in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. So you would think Ohio State would be up for this game. Were they? Well, apparently not. So in the first half in this one, Ohio State, as I have been asking from the Buckeyes for the past mm, two games, show me some kind of offensive presence in the post that isn't Bruce Thornton taking pull-ups from the mid-range in paint and, and Roddy Gale driving and dunking and laying in. Show me something else. And it is good friend Evan Mahaffey who shows us something. He gets the Buckeyes first points of the game and then he gets the Buckeyes points number three and four of the game so Evan Mahaffey scores the first four for Ohio State fans must collectively pick their jaws up off of the floor and he's two or two from the field major point already is that the paint looks like it may be scored upon by Ohio State against Michigan and this one that's great to see and then the Buckeyes' defense stands out early in this one. Michigan goes 2 of 10 from the field. They score 10 points through the first 7 minutes. Not getting any penetration whatsoever. And Felix Akparo was eating up space down low as well. And then Ohio State's offense doesn't really pick up the slack early. So the Buckeyes had a chance to go out and get a lead in this one. They didn't really go out and do it. Devin Royal enters into this game for the first time in a couple as he's missed due to sickness. He fights for an offensive rebound, drops it in. Next position, spin move, leads to another bucket. I have missed you so much, Devin Royal, watching you play in the scarlet and gray. It is great to have you back. And he gives Ohio State a 15-13 to lead with 11 minutes left. However, in this first half, the Buckeyes' inability to guard the three or Michigan's simple ability to hit threes keeps the Wolverines in this game. They go three of seven from that point. And while the Buckeyes hadn't made one at that point in the game, even with Jamison Battle getting a couple of open looks, you're looking at this game and you're saying, okay, well, that shouldn't sustain, right? We don't trust that Michigan can continue to fire away from deep and just keep hitting and hitting and hitting. We trust that Ohio State can make some adjustments offensively. However, we go into an ugly stretch from Ohio State. Zedke drops steps into the paint, but he's stuffed right below the limb, the rim. Devin Royal forces an ugly shot and misses on the next possession. 
Bruce Thornton forces an ugly three. That one was a line drive. I mean, if you've got the radar gun out, that's probably hitting at least 80 miles per hour. That was that was a strong clank from our friend Bruce Thornton. Michigan gets going offensively to go on an 8-0 run. It's halted by Felix Akpara Bucket, and then Doug McDaniel gets Michigan back on the board. And then we enter the fun part in the game called find literally anything that works mode. For Chris Holtman, we've all been there before. Whomst among us hasn't dealt with a, a phase in life in which we've just essentially had to find something, anything, try whatever comes to mind in order to get through a hurdle or a roadblock or whatever the case may be. We've all been there before. So how can we fault Chris Holtman for that? I personally enjoy that Chris Holtman Changes it up here with a 1-3-1 zone. Led to two straight turnovers. Felix Akpara gets a bucket off the second turnover. Michigan gets a bucket after that. Scotty Middleton comes in as well during this time. Jason Chapman sitting on the floor waiting to check in. Twiddling his thumbs like a, a good freshman should before he enters a game. And then, all of a sudden, two minutes left. Ohio State throws out this 1-3-1 zone. And they're still down by eight. We go into the media timeout, and Ohio State has to create something. You are playing at Michigan. You're playing the coldest team in the Big Ten. We know at this point in the year that if you're playing at home in the Big Ten, you have a very good shot to win, statistically. There's no correlation to that, or maybe there's correlation and not causation. I don't care to know the difference between those two words. If you do, then there's no point in me explaining them anyway. And if you don't, you're not going to lose any value at this point however we're waiting for Ohio State to create something Taysen Chapman Taysen Chapman a guy who many Buckeye fans have said I want to see more from you Taysen I want to see more well guess what he did he shot the ball Taysen Chapman shoots the ball and so far this season Taysen Chapman has essentially been four on five when the Buckeyes have the ball offensively he just hasn't looked to shoot the ball and that's nothing to to fault Tayson Chapman he has the ability to be a scorer we've seen his tape in high school and he's dealt with a knee injury he's not been able to get the playing time to get adjusted to playing division one college basketball so can't fault him at all he shoots an open three good for him he missed that's not good Devin Royal continues to clean up the offensive glass he finishes while getting fouled, makes a free throw, and it's a four-point game with 90 minutes left. So, as I said, Ohio State looking for something, anything. Get me to halftime with some kind of momentum. Taysen Chapman gets another open look, but he misses again. Michigan scores on the other end. And then we go into halftime where Doug McDaniel, he makes a triple at the buzzer. And that's a big difference. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one... You're going into the half. Instead of it being a six-point lead, it's a nine-point lead. Turn six, upside down, what do you have? You've got a nine. And a nine-point deficit is not fun, but it's also knowing that this is a real three-possession game. We need to hit three threes in a row and not allow any points, essentially, to tie this ball game up. Obviously, it's not how Ohio State looks at it, but when you look at the score and you're down by nine, that looks way, way different as a player, as a team, as a fan base, than a six-point game does at halftime. Now, not only that is it just the mental aspect of it, but you also watch a team that is your rival, that has not won anything all year, 
that is now making a three at the buzzer to go up by nine and you have to go into the half saying what the heck is going on with us not only that but we've played horribly in this first half jameson battle 0 of 5 zero points in the first half bruce thornton three of nine from the field seven points roddy gale four points on one of three shooting so the buckeyes trio the the part of the team that has led ohio state offensively so far this season no production from them so when you couple that with michigan just getting shots to fall and now going up by nine at the half that takes some serious mental fortitude to get back into the game in the second half and we know we continue to see it bruce thornton said it after the game he said he and he recognized it he was asked about it he didn't just bring it up but he recognized that this fan base has been really negative toward the program really negative toward head coach chris holtman and he said after the game look everyone wants chris holtman fired he heard the chatter before he was even on campus as a freshman but he and this team still believes in chris holtman and when you have buy-in from a coach we see this in the nfl all the time perfect case study were were the las vegas raiders this season their head coach gets fired and i don't even remember who their head coach was but i believe antonio pierce takes over and the first game after they win and then the locker room if you see the footage after the game that team is going wild to have someone that they can believe in clearly it was so clear that they hated their former head coach whose name escapes me right now but this is ohio state basketball podcast not a las vegas raiders podcast so personally i feel like it's not my responsibility to know the name of the former las vegas raiders coach but it's the same thing if you have the locker room you at least have a shot to go into battle with your guys and win if head coach chris holtman doesn't have the locker room right now that's a huge concern but as of right now it seems like this team is listening to holtman accepting his feedback and taking into consideration that he is still the leader and they want to be led by him that's huge for chris holtman and that's huge for this team moving forward and you may not think that's huge and that's fine but that's big for this team moving forward we saw it with roddy gale i thought that was a a really telling point a couple games back i think ohio state i I don't even remember who they were playing i think it might have been indiana ohio state is kind of scuffling after a couple minutes of ugly basketball play they can't get a shot to go in and Chris Holtman says, just calm down, calm down, play your game. We're fine. We're getting open looks. These shots are going to fall. And you see Roddy Gale nodding his head, yes, closing his eyes, taking deep breaths, literally calming down. How many times in you in your life have you been told to calm down and you actually took some deep breaths and you said, you know what? You're right. I need to calm down. Probably not too often. So I will say that. So as we head into the second half here, Ohio State's best players are not playing well which means you need to get some players, some production out of players who you think can produce. And those two players that I'm looking at are Devin Royal and Scotty Middleton. Devin Royal has given Ohio State incredible minutes when he's been in. Scotty Middleton has been the spark and on a points per uh, points per minute is probably not the term that I want to use, but points per per 36 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever breakdown you want to use, Scotty Middleton is probably leading the team in that regard and i want to see if i can pull that up really quick so let's let's pause real quick and, and see if i can find this from college basketball analytics can i find this quickly this is going to look really really stupid if i don't 
and I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to find it all that quickly. Whatever. It's fine. My gut tells me that Scotty Middleton has been the most productive scorer for Ohio State this season in the minutes that he's had. So we're just going to say that that's true. Okay, on to the second half. So Evan Mahaffey a spark, apparently. And not only did he have four early points in the first half, he does the exact same thing in the second half. So my question at this point at the end of the game is, why did Evan Mahaffey, if he's going to somehow be the guy who can spark this Ohio State offense, why not continue to feed him the ball in the paint? And Ohio State starts to get going in the second half. Jameson Battle smashes probably the best-looking dunk of the entire season from Ohio State. I mean, he came out of nowhere, rose up, flew through the air in a way that I could only dream of. Literally, only could I dream of that. And I'll let you in on a secret. I do literally have dreams of being able to dunk. Not going to say that I can't do it in real life. Of course I can. That goes without saying. But Jameson Battle smashes a three. He hits a triple. It's a four-point game less than three minutes in, and Michigan has to call a timeout early on, but then they begin to run away. So the Buckeyes come out in that 1-3-1 zone again. Wolverines immediately hit a triple. They go up by 13 with just under 12 minutes left. By the way, around that time, Jalen Rose joins the broadcast for God knows what reason. Apparently, they needed to play footsies on live TV. Jalen Rose, Gus Johnson, just kind of playing tickle with one another while I'm trying to watch a basketball game. Apparently, they couldn't have done that in their own time, and that's fine, but they did not add anything into the broadcast while Jalen Rose was on my TV. Did not enjoy that. I will digress and move on. Can the Buckeyes stop the run at this point? Well, yes, the Buckeyes cut it to seven with under 10 minutes left to go thanks to strong defensive rebounding, Felix Akpara getting involved, and something that we saw during this stretch was Ohio State getting after it on the glass. And the the bounce of ball plays were going Ohio State's way. When a ball was getting tipped by an Ohio State player, it was going to another Ohio State player. And when a ball was getting tipped by a Michigan player, it was either going out of bounds and being returned to Ohio State or it was being tipped in bounce and Ohio State was coming away with it. They cut the lead down over and over and over again. Dale Bonner find Felix Akpara. For, for a bucket, Michigan forced to call a timeout, and we've got a tie ball game. And then we head into the second half of the second half, which is basically a new game altogether. Throw out what's happened in the first 30 minutes. Here we go. It's the final stretch of this game. Basketball is a game of runs. Who can make the final run in this one? Well, Felix Akpara gives Ohio State the lead with eight and a half minutes left to go. What a game from him. By the way, Felix Akpara has been a man amongst boys in the past couple games. He was huge against Indiana. In this one, he has 10 points. He has nine rebounds. He's five and eight from the field. He has four blocks. The four blocks number is insane. He continues to be a really, really good rim protector. The points, the rebounds, that's fine. But his impact on the floor is much more than the counting stats. And he's been really good for Ohio State in the past couple of games. Bruce Thornton would hit hit a triple and with the triple Ohio State is on a 16 to nothing run then we get a weird play ball bounces around a little bit Michigan comes up with it they appear to have full possession Buckeyes take it away Roddy Gale gets it throws down a, a dunk initially it doesn't count then it does Buckeyes go back in front 61 to 60 and then Michigan just they they get back in front and they don't let this game get out of their grip again Triple that only goes in in Ann Arbor, made by Michigan. Felix Akpara 
commits another goal 10, which we saw a couple times in this one. He struggled with that at times this year. Ohio State becomes somewhat uninterested in rebounding during this small stretch as well. And the balls that were previously tipped to Ohio State no longer being tipped in their direction. Dwan Howard, late in this game, demands a flagrant foul from Bruce Thornton, which is ironic given he leads the world in slapping other coaches per capita and coach-on-coach altercation rate, all those types of advanced metrics that we, of course, keep track of here at the Views from the Shop podcast. He leads in, and he's whining for a flagrant foul to be called on Bruce Thornton, which was just natural basketball action. We move forward. Roddy misses a shot out of the review. And again, my question to Chris Holtman My question here on on Ohio State's game planning and strategic decisions is why for a second straight game when Ohio State needs a bucket, when Roddy Gale has been cold for now three games, why are we force-feeding him the ball late in the game when you need a shot to be made? Every time Roddy Gale takes a shot and he's cold, you are taking away a shot from a player who could be hot or who is hot, and at the same time, you're forcing a bad shot from a player who's not hot. So it's a net minus two loss essentially for Ohio State the Buckeyes essentially let this game get away from them they allow a triple as a kiss of death and at that point you're under a minute left to go another question I would have I'm not going to act like I know the answer one way or another but you've got 50 seconds 40 seconds 45 seconds on the clock you're down by six and Chris Holtman comes out in kind of a trap man defense where they're going for the steal It's a six-point game. If you get a stop and then you go get a three or even a two, it doesn't matter. Get a stop and a bucket. You are in this game. You can go foul and slowly get your way back into this game and have a shot. But when you're going to trap and try to get the ball away, that's like you're down by six with 20 seconds left and you just need to get the ball back. I did not understand the strategic decision-making from Chris Holtman and the staff there essentially because... Either I would say play straight up, get the ball back with 20 seconds, sorry, 30 seconds left, most likely, try to get the rebound, play tough D, and go get a bucket. If you can get a three or a two, you're down by four or 20 seconds left, you don't hate being there. Or just go foul altogether. But don't do this half C in between game where the risk is really, really high. Sure, the reward is high, but you don't need that high reward. Just go play defense or go foul. Don't do the in-between. And then you have probably the worst part of this game where a 6-10 and team is chanting, just like football, just like football, just like football. I'm sure you heard that as well. On the broadcast, that's about as pathetic as it gets. So Ohio State essentially loses this game because they don't get consistent production from their stars. Bruce Thornton, he had 19 points. He turned it on the second half, ended up almost shooting 50% from the field while shooting two of seven from three. Jamison Battle goes one of eight from deep. He goes two of 10 from the field. He got the shots up. He just, he didn't make them. Five points, five rebounds. Roddy Gale ended up with a quiet 12 points in this one. Zed Key off the bench with one point. Dale Bonner off the bench, two points. Scotty Middleton off the bench, one point. Devin Royal, the one true bright spot for Ohio State. He scores seven points. So the Buckeyes lose this game. It was not good. And this at this point is the lowest point in Ohio State season in the past two years. 
won't say two years, the past 1.5 years for Ohio State basketball are now at the point where you are more concerned about the state of the program than you have ever been. Let's be clear. Under Chris Holtman, this is as bad as it's been. You didn't just lose to Iowa or to Nebraska or to Rutgers, teams that maybe have the potential to go to the NCAA tournament or at least have shown something this year. Michigan beat St. John's. Whoop-de-freaking-do. This is a 6-10 team that is reeling. We saw the broadcast, and maybe you saw it too. We saw a fan in the student section before play picked up again who flips open his phone, and what's the message on the screen? It's fire Jawan Howard. That is the state of that program. And Ohio State just went in to a rival and lost, and quite frankly, just got beat down the stretch. That's not good. However, I'm going to tell you this. Number one, Chris Holtman, the hot seat is on. It is officially on in my eyes. It's been on for you maybe for several months, for several years. I don't care. The pressure is now on for Chris Holtman after this loss. However, I need to ask you really, really sincerely, are you angry or are you sure? Are you simply angry about the state of Ohio State basketball and the fact that they've lost several games in a row and the fact that it's now been an entire year and just a couple games in Big Ten play where Ohio State has not performed well? Are you upset about that and angry, living in the moment, feeling emotional, and that's fine. As fans, you're you're well within your right to do that. Are you angry or are you truly sure that Chris Holtman needs to be gone? I'm not sure. And here's why. It is January 17th, okay? Ohio State is a couple games into Big Ten play. They have not even gotten through the first half, the first quarter of Big Ten play at this point. So if you're going to tell me fire Chris Holtman, you better be sure and you better keep that energy if Ohio State happens to go on a run here in into late January or early February or late February into March. If Ohio State happens to resurrect its season, which isn't dead by any means at all, so that's not even a fair word to use, but if that happens to happen, you better be sure that you do truly want Chris Holtman gone. Because right now, if you're saying fire Chris Holtman, but the Buckeyes finish six in the Big Ten, and they make a run in the Big Ten tournament and make it to the semifinals of the of the Big Ten tournament, and then they, they're an eight seed in the Big Ten or, or the NCAA tournament, and they make a Sweet 16 run, which has been the goal all season, which is still well within Ohio State's reach. If that is how you feel... If all that happens, that's fine. But you better be sure that if Ohio State turns it around, that you're still going to say fire Chris Holtman. There is still everything in front of Ohio State basketball. At this point, January 17th, 2024, Ohio State sits at 12-5. and five. Everything is still in front of the Buckeyes. Sure, they've tumbled in power rankings in the Big Ten. Sure, they've tumbled by bracketologist standards. But guess what? The season doesn't end in January. 
I have it on good authority. Really, really good sources on this one telling me the season is not over and that we actually have about two more months of the season left to play. So if Ohio State plays well and they turn around, there's no reason, obviously, to fire Chris Holtman. Are you 100% sure right now if you're saying fire Chris Holtman and go allow Jake Diebler to run the team that this team cannot be resurrected? You better be sure. And by the way, I will be careful with who I've been speaking with But I will say this, the sentiment in the locker room and the sentiment outside the locker room, and that's as specific as I will be here, is that Chris Holtman can still lead this team and that Chris Holtman is a coach that these players want to play for. And you can complain all you want, and I'm going to get to some fan reactions here in just a second. You can complain all you want, but when you have buy-in from the team, that is huge. If you don't have buy-in, then yeah, that's a clear indicator. It's time to move on. If you do have buy-in, which again, I will tell you right now, I've spoken with people. The buy-in is there internally. The The fan base may be in turmoil. Outside of that, it is not. Let's, let's leave that as it is and just say, I'm not on board with saying it's time to let go of Chris Holtman at this time. It is still so premature. If the season finishes the way it did last season, yeah. Obviously, it's time, I would say, to move on for Ohio State basketball. But at this point, as Chris Holtman preached in his presser after the Michigan loss, have patience. Okay, let's get into fan reaction. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about college basketball analytics. CBBanalytics.com, an exclusive sponsor of today's show. If you go to CBBanalytics.com right now, you're going to find some of the best and coolest stats the the least known stats known to man, if that makes sense, in all of college basketball, dozens upon dozens upon dozens of men's and women's division one, two, three basketball programs use college basketball analytics to be prepared to build scouting reports to to stealth scout every single day, every single week of the season and beyond. You can have access to those exact same stats as well. Just go to cbbanalytics.com, use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, to get an entire month free, and you can thank me later. Okay, fan reaction. I'm going to try to do this pretty quickly. So I tweeted this out yesterday. I tweeted it out, and I just I just wanted to hear, what are your thoughts now? A couple hours after the loss, hopefully the emotion has settled down a little bit. How are you feeling about the state of this program? There's no shot I'm going to be able to get to all of these but I'll get to as many as I can. Going to start with at Derek underscore Jones 44. He says, I'm not saying fire Coach Holtman, but if it doesn't turn around or if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament, does the new athletic director fire him? I know Gene still here till June, but what are my thoughts? I will support the coach even in the bad times. And I'm not one of those negative Buckeye fans. Appreciate the sentiment. Appreciate the sentiment of Buckeye fans who just don't want to be miserable. They are entire fandom. Those are few and far between. They're special. So, look. If Chris Holtman can't take this team to the NCAA tournament. If he cannot turn it around. There's really no telling what's going to happen with the new athletics director. The Buckeyes have, have just hired their new athletics director. And there's no telling what may happen. Texas A&M has been a really, really good basketball program for the past two-ish years. Buzz Williams 
has gotten that team into really, really rarefied air when it comes to Texas A&M basketball. Who knows what's going to happen? And I'm not necessarily on board with the sentiment that says, well, Gene Smith isn't going to want to fire Chris Holtman as his last act at Ohio State or whoever the new AD is that comes in for Ohio State. He's not going to want to fire Chris Holtman as his first order that he declares as athletics director as Ohio State. There's not really any viability in either of those, and especially on the latter. But yeah, it's true. I agree with the sentiment here. I don't want to be a negative Ohio State basketball fan, but if Ohio State doesn't turn around, yeah, it's going to be time to potentially make some moves. At Rudy Bucks, known as Buckeye Commander on Twitter, says, I like Chris. He's a great guy. I've asked him to send videos for different occasions for my kids, and he's always quickly obliged. However, the product on the court is just not where it should be. Too much talent to have these losing streets and droughts. I think that is a fair point there, the last point. Sure, sending videos for for your kids is, is of course, great. But, look, there's a lot of talent on this roster. The Buckeyes have been pouring in four- and five-star recruits. They're not Duke. They're not Kentucky. And that's fine. Ohio State likely will never be a program, at least in this age, in this era of college basketball, where they're pulling in the number two, number seven, number 11 players in a recruiting class. However... Look at the freshman class this year. Tayson Chapman, Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal, all easily top 50 players within the class, I would say at this point. Previous class, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, of course, Bryce Sensenball. Previous class before that, you've got Malachi Branham, you've got EJ Liddell, you've got Dwayne Washington, who you've brought in. Ohio State has had a lot, a lot of talent under Chris Holtman, and still no Sweet 16 appearances. That's not good. There's too much talent at this point to not be advancing in the NCAA tournament, to not make the NCAA tournament, and for these losing streaks to continue. I'm going to count here. CJ Stroud Legacy says, It's time for a change of the voice in the locker room. Simple as that. Recruiting's been amazing for Ohio State, but it keeps falling short. Regarding this season, all hope isn't lost. But something's got to change fast, and there's no indication it will. Our offense has stalled out. So let me just start here. It's time for a change of the voice in the locker room. I simply cannot agree with that. From what we are seeing, from what I have heard and learned about the Ohio State basketball program this year, and literally Monday evening, as I was texting someone, I will will leave it at that, but... At this point, the buy-in is still there. And if you have buy-in, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to hurt this roster this season more by letting go of Chris Holtman than you would if you were to keep him. Because that team is going to take a huge gut punch at this point. This is not the time to let go of Chris Holtman. People outside the program can't see that. Those who just want to hate on Ohio State basketball because that's what they do with their lives, they aren't going to want to see that. But I fully believe now is not the time to let go of Chris Holtman. At Campbell Smith SC, I have defended Holtman pretty strongly, but at a certain point, the results need to come. The season isn't over, but this is demoralizing. Really frustrated with the offense. 
Looks like we're standing around at the three-point line. No ball movement. That's been something that I've seen in the past couple games that I saw a lot last year was just kind of the dribble handoff at the top of the key to the wing. Dribble handoff, top of the key to the wing. Pick and roll. Not really a lot of great action offensively. That's been a huge issue. By the way, I saw a tweet that said, somewhere I saw this, I don't remember where, but I saw a tweet that said, fire Chris Holtman, this offense has been horrible. And then, to take his place, it should be Jake Diebler. Now, if you would like to just write on your forehead with a permanent marker that says, I'm a casual that's fine. I would recommend taking that route over saying the offense has been bad. Let's let's let Jake Diebler fill in as Ohio State's new head coach. Jake Diebler is essentially your de facto offensive coordinator if you're not aware of how the staff works at Ohio State. So I'm not sure how you see that as a solution. I will move on and, and, and refuse to use the I word against you. That, and that word ends with diet. So, yes, Campbell, you've defended Holtman. I've defended Holtman. At a certain point, the results do need to come. Yes, I just need to remind everyone it's still January 17th. And that's where I'll leave that. Atway Grady, friend of the show. Really good friend of the show. Love talking with Atway Grady in the DMs. Um, he's just horrible game all around. Shooting stagnant offense, everything. People only blaming Holtman. He doesn't agree with that. The offensive system has been one of the problems today, he says, on Monday. But we had countless open looks that we couldn't make, and Michigan made their open looks. Sure, yeah. When you miss open looks, that's not on the coaching staff. Not at all. And I've also got people complaining about Ohio State's offense, saying it's been bad, saying that this has been a bad shooting team for years. Ohio State, I believe, was third or fourth last season in three-point shooting in the Big Ten. And traditionally, Chris Holtman has had really good offensive teams and good shooting teams. So that, again, just if you you can paint it on your chest, too. I'm a casual. You can put an L on your, on your belly, on your tummy, if you would like. But just tell me you're a casual rather than giving some bland take like that, obviously proving that you don't know ball or at least you don't know Ohio State basketball. Offense hasn't been great. This is a new problem for Ohio State. This is new. This is not something that we're used to seeing. So now, as we head into this next stretch against Penn State and Northwestern and Illinois and others, Nebraska, you've got to find a way to at least produce offensively. Defensively, I think they've been improved at times this year. They weren't very good against Indiana. That's that's a fact. But overall, they've shown some improvements this year defensively. Can you do it offensively? That's a question moving forward couple more I'll get to here before we sign off. At Eric22673604. Says, the offense really is most troubling. When guys are cold, you run a bread and butter play for a good look. We don't seem to run many set plays. Holtman's offense lets you make the play rather than run a play. And this, my friends, is probably the winner. Of all the feedback I saw, I wanted to make sure I included this one because it is so true. Again, this is not Kentucky. This is not Duke. This is not Arizona. This is not Michigan State. This is not one of the top three, four, five, six recruiting classes 
year in and year out where you're just getting the best freshman to come to your program. You don't really have to ask. It's just a matter of, do you want this spot or do we give it to someone else? And they say, yeah, we'll take the spot and the bag as well, but we'll take the spot. And you've got multiple players on the floor who are go going to go be NBA draft lottery picks one day. Ohio State does not have that. Typically, year over year, they have one NBA guy. Last year, it was Bryce Sensenball. The year before that, it was Malachi Branham. You've had Kata Bates-Diop. You've had EJ Liddell. You've had Dwayne Washington. Very rarely has Ohio State had the ability to have multiple of those players on the roster at the same time. This year, sure, Roddy Gale can maybe at some point be an NBA player. Maybe he can make a G League team. Bruce Thornton probably can make an NBA team. Felix Akpara, maybe. Jamison Battle, I don't know. But there's not a guy on this team right now that you are looking at and saying, yeah, that's an NBA player. And when you have that on your team, offensively, you need to be able to draw up sets to get open looks and scheme guys open, which may mean even if you don't want to be a team that back someone down low post or post someone up with the back to the basket, maybe that's something that you have to do using different looks and, and motions and, and simple matchups that you can take advantage of simply to take the pressure off the guards. There is so much pressure right now on Bruce Thornton, Jameson Battle, and Roddy Gale, and you're getting no offensive production in the paint from your front court. When that's the case, it makes it really, really hard. You don't have the athletes to just go get a bucket. And as that continues to be the case for Ohio State, until they start, start drawing up sets and plays that can actually work consistently for the Buckeyes, rather than doing this dribble handoff or this, this iso ball with 10 seconds left on the shot clock, you're going to struggle to score consistently. That's not a recipe for success. At Stoffman, Scott Stoffel, he... he I tell you what, he lit me up with some thoughts. Thank you, Scott, for that. I, I I parceled this down to be a little bit shorter. He says, last year, we were told to give it time. The sophomore and now freshman classes were elite. Future's bright. Except now, we're in January, getting little to nothing from the freshmen. We're on a path toward missing the tournament again. If these classes were so special, how is that possible? I think that kind of goes along with another thought that we got from Buckeye Commander. Essentially, this team, although it doesn't have the blue chip talent that Duke has, for example, still has enough talent to the point where this team should not be falling behind in the Big Ten race on January 17th or January 14th or whenever this game was played, 15th. That is 100% true. There's too much talent on the team. And here's what I will say moving forward about Ohio State basketball. You have the talent on the team right now to be able to win Big Ten basketball games. Coming up on this stretch for Ohio State, you have some winnable games before you actually have to play the big dogs of the Big Ten. So they just had a chance against Michigan. Was it a must win? No. Was it a definitely, you definitely should win this game? Of course. Indiana, should you win this game? Yeah, that would be nice. But you get Penn State, you get Nebraska, which may actually be a legit team. However, you can get tickets starting at $4 for that one. After Penn State, Nebraska, you get Northwestern. That's a three-game stretch 
of winnable games. Then you get Illinois. You get winnable games against Iowa, Indiana, and Maryland. And then the gauntlet where you've got Wisconsin, Purdue, and Michigan State in three of your next four games. The Buckeyes will have the chance to go out and pick up a couple of wins, but they are running out of time. The good thing is they have the talent on the roster right now, and we saw Chris Holtman making adjustments against Michigan. If this team is going to get it together, I think it's going to come in these next three games. Penn State at home, at Nebraska, and Northwestern at home. If you can pick up three wins or two of three of those games are wins, you have a real shot to really get back on track. If not, it's probably going to be a long season for Ohio State basketball. We'll see what happens. We're going to continue to cover these Buckeyes. Win, lose, or otherwise, you know that's why we're here on the Views from the Shot podcast. The Buckeyes will take on Penn State at noon on Saturday upcoming here at the Shot. You might see me in attendance at that one. Hopefully you'll be there as well. I appreciate you listening today. Continue to send me your thoughts on this team. And please, be a little more positive about your Ohio State basketball team. Please. It won't hurt. It'll only help. And those who really hate Ohio State basketball just because they want to hate Ohio State basketball, well, it'll be good to see that there are some normal people out there. So I will shut up until you shut me off. Appreciate you listening today. And go Bucks.